Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for taking charge of your health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. Medical myths can be frustrating for those of us practicing medicine. In the age of the internet, it's a challenge to compete with Google University. Unfortunately, much of what you read online is inaccurate. Therefore, medical myths tend to spin out of control more rapidly than we can sometimes control as physicians. Here are five of the most common medical myths debunked. Myth number one, drink eight glasses of water a day. Who decided that we need to specifically consume eight glasses of water each day? And how large of a glass are we talking about anyway? The truth is this number is arbitrary. We absorb a good portion of our bodily fluid intake from our foods, believe it or not. And drinking excessive amounts of water can mess with our cellular electrolyte balance as well. Recently, I saw a patient with a very low sodium level in her routine blood work. I was a tad surprised because she was healthy and she wasn't on any medications to cause it. I repeated it and it was still low. So we worry about sodium levels when it's too low because it can make us feel fatigued, weak, confused, and can potentially land us in the hospital. So I asked her to come into my office so that we can have a discussion in person and so that I can delve deeper into her history. Believe it or not, in addition to excessive fluid intake, dehydration is actually a cause for low sodium as well. Confusing, I know, because they're complete opposites. Quantifying the amount of fluid intake is very useful in these situations. So after inquiring about her fluid intake, she revealed that she drinks about six bottles of 32-ounce water bottles each day. If we assume that each glass of water is about eight ounces, this means that she was drinking approximately 24 glasses of water a day. That's quite a bit. I'm trying to shed a few pounds. And I heard from Dr. So-and-so's show that water is good for you, she tells me. Yes, water is certainly required for the functioning of each one of our cells and organs. However, there's no need for excess. In fact, it can do harm. So I told her what I tell all my patients, drink to thirst. That's a good rule of thumb. Your body will let you know when you need water. You don't need anything more than that, unless your doctor tells you otherwise. After some fluid restriction, this particular patient's sodium level actually went back to the normal range. I have to admit, for whatever reason, I see this much more commonly in my elderly patients. Myth number two, you can catch a virus from the cold weather. You may have heard it over and over again from your mom. Put on a jacket, you're going to catch a cold. This is a phrase that I heard frequently in my household growing up. And to be honest, it still baffles me when patients reiterate it in my office after so many years. To be fair, it's not 100% incorrect either. Viruses tend to survive, flourish, and reproduce more efficiently in lower temperatures. And this is why we tend to see them spike in the wintertime because they're surviving longer. However, you can't catch it simply by the cold weather. Viruses are contracted from another carrier who is infected with one. So think of that the next time that you shake hands, kiss, or hug, or more than that even likely, you will catch a virus from someone in your vicinity who may have coughed or sneezed in the air. Viruses jump from host to host, and that's really the only way that they survive. 
Sure, when an infected person sneezes or coughs in the air, it releases those viral particles. But without being exposed to those droplets, you really can't catch a cold otherwise. So before I go on to myths number three through five, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctors podcast possible, Tilo Years. Well, inside of your cells at the ends of your DNA are actually protective caps called telomeres. This dynamic part of your DNA shortens with age, but it also changes with certain lifestyles, both good and bad. The Tilo Years is a simple but powerful DNA health test that lets you track your cellular age based on your telomere length. The test was created based off of an award-winning science that earned the 2009 Nobel Prize in Medicine to monitor the vitality of your cells. Tilo Years provides some actionable DNA information now with enough time to take steps to slow down the clock on the aging process as much as you can. To learn more, go to teloyears.com and enter gift code HOUSE10 for a special $10 off promotion. Good this month. That's Tilo, which is T-E-L-O years.com, gift code HOUSE10. So myth number three, antibiotics can cure a cold. Listening to my podcast, you likely know that this is one of my greatest pet peeves, antibiotic overuse. Why are antibiotics overused exactly? Well, because they're being requested and or prescribed for anything and everything under the sun, including viruses, which they do not even touch. We all play a role in this because it's due to both the physician's inability to say no and or to take the time to explain the reasons why antibiotics won't do a thing for viruses. See my prior episode on this one. And also because sometimes patients who erroneously believe that their cold can be cured thanks again to maybe Google University, they demand the prescription and curse the doctor if they leave with that one. Truth be told, this is ultimately the medical community's responsibility, not the patient's. We need to provide education and take the time to explain this one. It's a cultural change, but we really need to take the time. Bottom line, antibiotics only help to treat bacteria. They don't do a thing for viral illnesses, which are way more common, and they cause harm when prescribed unnecessarily. Myth number four, antibiotic eye drops can cure pink eye. Love this one. I also tackled this one recently. One of those cultural myths that we must also debunk, pink eye is also viral. Unlike some other viruses, such as the common cold, there is an actual physical, tangible symptom with pink eye. The pink eye is clearly a visible symptom. So why do people freak out over this? The common cold is quite an annoyance, but it certainly isn't life-threatening, and neither is pink eye. As I mentioned, Antibiotics cannot eradicate viruses, but preschools and daycares everywhere still require not only a doctor's note to return to school sometimes, but a prescription for antibiotic drops. This leads to missed days at work for parents, missed days at school for the kids, even though they may not even be contagious at that point, and unnecessary time and money spent at the doctor's office. If this sounds familiar to you in any way, Please check out my prior podcast on what pink eye really is, how it's treated, and my own rather frustrating personal experience with my daughter's pink eye adventure at their preschool recently. And lastly, myth number five, 
that you need a knee MRI. This is also a huge medical myth that if I only had an MRI, that it would help me and my chronic knee pain in some way. As I've discussed prior also, an MRI doesn't typically offer any useful information unless the patient is considering surgery as an option to treat the knee pain. The truth is that knee meniscal and ligament tears are quite common. And with age, we have a higher tendency for these types of tears due to normal wear and tear. And even a small injury, or frankly, sometimes even no injury at all, is enough to tear these knee structures through time. But does that mean that you need surgery? Well, studies show that conservative treatments such as anti-inflammatories, ice, activity modification, knee splints, steroid injections, and physical therapy fare just as well as surgery, if not better. So I ask you, what's the point of an MRI? Let's say that you actually do have a tear, which you very likely may have. So what? The pain itself will likely improve on its own anyway. So what's the point of getting an MRI? Just to know, doc, I often hear, but obtaining an MRI simply for curiosity, without any red flags or concerns of other findings, it really contributes to our exponentially increasing costs of healthcare in this country. An MRI is not an inexpensive test. In fact, it's one of the most costly ones that we can order. If it brings us useful information that can change the management of a medical condition though, that's one thing. But if it's just to know, that's really another. And there you have it, five medical myths that I've been wanting to share with you. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. And if you learned anything here today, or if you simply just enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It's not going to substitute any medical advice, and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Stay healthy and catch you next time.